If you have been waiting for a sign to make your dreams a reality, then this podcast is for you. Joel Camilleri, welcome to the Think Inspire podcast. Thanks for having me, bro. I'm really excited, man. So Joel's the current WBC Australia Asia super welterweight champion, and he's also a secondary school teacher. I actually met him about that seven years ago. He was at a he was a teacher at Westside Martial Arts, and as you were taking me through this session, I had no idea who you were. All yeah. I remember is how fast your mind was working. Because when you were th- teaching me how to throw my first punches, all I could be thinking, I'm like, wow, these guys like 20 million steps ahead of me. I have no idea where to start. <laughs> yeah. So you're really, really fast. I knew you like you had a passion for the sweet science because when you were describing the movements to me, it was like a whole different language, um, which was really cool. So a lot of the things I want to be asking you because I reached out to you in January. Um, I was going through a really tough time in my life because after COVID, I had to shut down my gym. And I reached yeah. out to you and I'm like, look, what are you doing? do when you feel like you have absolutely have no hope and everything's against you and you don't have the support what do you do and you i remember you telling me you had to back yourself because no one else is going to look after you but yourself yeah and i had like- a good i'm having a good chat with you man because um i get a lot of like kind of messages uh from people just asking me like how i stay motivated with my goals and i remember you hitting me up and i'm like this is the kind of field i want to get into motivational uh, speeches and presentations and I, I love kind of just helping people stay motivated yeah man and that hit home for me you gave it to me raw he's like i've been there yeah. man like i had nothing and i moved mentioned that you moved to queensland from melbourne because you wanted a fresh start right yeah that's right man yeah talk to me about that like what was it like because was this after after you had that loss to, to Tim and then you had to switch camps, is that what had happened? Yeah, well, um, so yeah, so after my after my fight with uh, Tim Zoo, I had a choice, you know, I had a I had a choice to either to give up boxing or pretty much to keep going and find another way to stay motivated, you know. So I think I just uh, thought to myself, there was no one really in uh, Melbourne I wanted to go to. Um, that could really change my career. So I thought make a big change. And in a matter of about three weeks after my fight with Tim Zoo, I was living in Brisbane. Describe that time to me, man. Like before you made the move, what were you going through? Like, was it really tough? How did you know you had to make a massive change? Because moving to a different city is, is, yeah. is, from Melbourne and Brisbane, like it's a big, diff- it's a whole different climate over there. Well, I think it doesn't matter what kind of, um, what sport or what goal you've got. You've got to first of all, back yourself. But second of all, I, I thought to myself, can I do better? Can I make any adjustments in my training, in my career that can make my career get better and for me to get better? And um, thought to myself, you know what? Um, I'm a big believer in surrounding yourself with people with similar aspirations yourself and like people who are positive, who want to get far or who've been there before. And um, so I sat down and thought to myself, who's the best team in Australia right now? Who are the best fighters? And there was Jeff Horn, Dennis Hogan at the one team. And they had other fighters there as well. So they lived in Brisbane. It wasn't like I thought, oh, I'm going to move to Brisbane. I thought to myself, how can I get better? It was first of all to surround yourself with people who are going to push you to do better. And um, I moved to Brisbane to train with Jeff Fallon and Dennis Hogan and their team. Yeah. What was the experience like coming from like your, you know, the team you were before to moving yeah. up to that next level? Like describe to him what, what, what was that level like? Was it a big change? It wasn't a big change. It wasn't a big change. But I think that any... Any change is good because it motivates you again, you know? Sometimes you can make a change, you can be worse off, but it excites you at the start for a while and it got me motivated again. Um, But you got to understand that I lived at home with my parents for my whole life, for 28 and a half to almost 29 years. So for me to, you know, go over to Brisbane, a new state, all my friends and family are in Melbourne, find a place to stay. And then, you know, you go, I'm going to cook for myself, clean for myself, (laughs) washing 
all this stuff, which, you know, 28, 29 years, you have to do themselves. But when you got your mom and your, and your dad doing that for you, you're not used to it, you know? So it was a massive, it was a massive change. But end of the day, you got to adapt to the situation. That's what I did. Wow, that's huge. I actually didn't know that. So you're living with your parents and then you moved out at 28. Okay, so cool. I had I had a restaurant cooking all my food for me. Whoa. I picked up every three days San Marco in Coburg. I was I had a massage therapist. I had gym sponsoring me, mm. all these sponsors. So I was living the life. And then I had three schools I was working at as a secondary school teacher, casual relief teacher, the sub. And I called up, listen, can I work three days this week? I'm going to work two days for the next month. And they'd give me those days. So I was making money when I wanted to. I was committing to my boxing. I was getting fed properly. I made a move. I had no sponsors in Brisbane, man. So I lost all my all the my food sponsors, my supplement sponsors, lost all these sponsors, had to go over there. And I didn't have a job over there because I wasn't working teaching just yet over there. That is literally, you know, just burning the bridges behind you and not looking back because I'm just thinking like you had everything, like everything was just not given to you. I know you had to work really hard to get where you are, but like yeah. the circumstances of like, you know, the food, the parents, you know, mom's cooking, all the yeah. massage, the, you know, the training. Why, what, like, did you feel like you had to, you know, hit a, like a massive roadblock for you to make that change? Like, what was it? Was it yeah. the dream of like becoming a world champion? Is that why you ultimately decided to move away from that comfort zone? Yeah, I just my goal you know what you know what it was honestly man i am um, at that time i didn't believe that i could be a world champion my mindset i i told everyone i was going to be a world champion but i didn't actually believe it myself but the reason why the complete reason why i didn't want to retire was because i believed that i could still do pretty well i could still win more fight but the main thing was i i wanted to get my name out there more for after boxing to make to make money after boxing so people some some people knew Kamikao they didn't know who Joel Camilleri was some guy knew the guy after bloody snap nose from kill all downs they didn't know Joel Camilleri so that showed me that I was getting my name out there somehow so I thought to myself the longer I can stay active in my boxing career the more people are going to know me and then once I quit my my boxing career I can fall back on any business. I can open a gym. Everyone's going to come there. I can release an app. Everyone's going to sign up to it. So that's the main reason why I stuck to boxing. But then since then, I've had like three fights um, since the move. I've beaten all, all three opponents. Yes. And I truly believe that I can be a world champion now. Wow. You know, that's a crazy story because, you know, when I follow you on Instagram, like it's very motivational, but you're very laid back and you like to have fun as well, but it's very motivational. There's a few posts that you put out, especially when it comes to like self-worth and like self-love and, you know, not yeah. getting external uh, validation from yeah. um, outside people to know your worth. And I think mm. you put up a post again, a few days ago, about uh, eight years ago, it wasn't like that. Like you used to you know, be a little bit more like you used to be very, I know you, <laughs> you put yourself out there where it was a bit egotistical, right? Now you're looking out for your future as opposed to, you know, yeah, overdoing it, as you would say. Yeah, well, you know what? I believe the louder you speak, the more insecure you are. These people, man, same as the tattoo thing. Like some people love tattoos. Some people love just you know, the art of tats and whatever else and that. Fair <laughs> enough. But I believe that you see these guys walking around like the heroes. You got tats everywhere and whatever else and that. And they're loud. They want to be. They want to be the the eyes. Everyone's eyes on them in the room. They want to stand yeah. out. Really, those people are really insecure. That's what I find. So back then, I was that person who I'm going to knock this person out. I'm going to smash you, whatever else. As much as I was pretty confident and I presented myself as a confident person, and yeah. no one did know any better there was a lot of insecurity there 
because if I like knew I was gonna knock this guy out and I didn't didn't have to tell him and try to put fear into him, then I wouldn't have been speaking the way I was speaking. Yeah, that's very interesting. My, I listened to a lot of Mike Tyson. He spoke about you know when he gets interviewed now because he's got his own show. People talk to him about how how much of a ruthless monster he was, and he would open it up such like a, in a genuine humble place that he is now, and said, "Yeah, I was really insecure every single time I went there. I was so scared every single yeah. time he went into the ring when he came across like that, which is real interesting because you." You know, you mentioned the same thing, right? Well, Mike Tyson was a beast, but one thing that kind of um, changed my mindset as well when I first started boxing turned pro was that he said every single time he walked out and he was entering towards the ring, he was shitting himself. He was scared. He was he he didn't want to get bashed. He thought he'd get he thought he'd get bashed. He thought he'd get killed. And but once he entered the ring, he turned into this beast. Mm. So I thought to myself, if Mike Tyson had those fears, if Mike Tyson was insecure and he was walking out fear, like having those doubts, then than normal like so now i understand it's, it's not about everyone gets scared i don't care how big you are how many tats you got mm. how, how, how strong you are whatever everyone has doubt but the person who succeeds is the person who can con- control those doubts and to just perform under pressure mm-hmm. well well spoken man and you know you're actually thinking life outside boxing because you mentioned before when you moved to queensland you wanted to get your name out there you talked about an app and a lot of athletes they walk into you know their sport thinking it's the be all end all unfortunately you know not everyone gets to be a freaking world champion but yeah, to yeah. understand there's life out after that like who do you have a lot of mentors in your life who, who's like how did that come across like when did you start thinking like this i don't know honestly man just i just saw for myself i just hmm. saw i saw you know even when I was bloody just just turned professional and I was on the Channel 31 carry boxing show with Peter Maniatis, like I'd be at a nightclub when I was running clubs back then and I'd have people come up to me and say, hey, man, oh, you're, you're on TV, uh, Channel 31. I'm like, who watches Channel 31, man? You know what I mean? Like from that, from there, I was fighting live on Foxtel. I was the main event of Tim Zoo on, on Foxtel main event, pay-per-view. And um, so I kind of learned from myself if the popularity, my popularity grew after that fight and it was kept growing and growing and growing it, and people started to know me from around all Australia. So I got it from myself. But one of the guys that I really look up to, one of my best mates who you know as well, who has the same drive as me, um, it's Shane Pace. Mm, Shane, um, yeah. Yeah, so me and Shane, we're always in talks. We want to open a business together. We've been talking for years and watching where he's come from and being, being a part of it and, and witnessing it all, like, that's really motivated me as well. Yeah, so surrounding yourself with, like, people that, like, are going to be there in your future, not just from your past, right? You've got to be selfish. You know, while growing yeah. up, you thought, don't be selfish, help everyone. Uh, my parents always told me, you know, make sure you help everyone, make sure everyone's okay, putting others first. But as a, a pro career, as selfish as it sounds, you've got to put yourself first, especially in boxing. I've got to go into the ring. I'm getting punched. My trainer's not getting punched. My sponsor's not getting punched. You know, my family's not getting punched. I'm getting punched. So it's about putting uh, putting yourself first and being selfish and just seeing what's best for you. And you know the most beautiful thing that you said there, like although people think, oh, he's selfish. Well, the more selfish you are, the more popularity that you probably got to where you are, which yeah. actually gives you a bigger platform to like share your wisdom with others, you know? Because if you weren't yeah. selfish, no one would probably know you, right? Yeah, well, you know, you see my videos. Hey, go on, guys. You're Kim K. Kim Larry here. Like, just that introduction has become kind of popular, you know, yeah. everybody <laughs> the screen, you know I mean? Like just starting my own trends and always mentioning my own name. Obviously people say like people know, like people know my name by now, like well, people who watch boxing or whatever, or who are from the Western suburbs of Melbourne too. Like, but I'd start trends. I keep doing yeah. things and I see that they're working. So 
I'm smarter than I look, that's for sure. <laughs> and that's that's about branding, right? And like, it's really smart to know that because a lot of athletes, like I said before, they just get into the sport thing. I love it. I love it. But they don't think, well, yeah. like it's not something like a lot of boxers after it's not like getting punch drunk. It's just when they hit a certain age, I've been hit so many times. I don't know how to, they can't even talk anymore. Right. And that's yeah, because well, they, yeah. I think that's um more cause from what they do outside of the ring. I was just with Jeff Fennick right now. And he said like, there's certain specific ways to train. He goes, but the true champions, it's not what's happening in the gym. It's what's happening outside of the gym. 85% of the rest of your life from sleeping to eating to from your recovery, recovery, your rehab, what you're doing outside of the ring. And those people who were punch drunk, yeah, back in the day, they were sparring 15 rounds a day. They didn't know the effects of it. They were sparring every single day, you know what I mean? Like that does cause you to be punch drunk and stutter and uh, lose your memory. But these other guys you see all like, oh, and they can't talk in that. I'm telling you now, they've hit the drugs, they party hard. They drink a lot. You see them after their fight, they're at the bar smashing drinks. It's mm. not bad to celebrate, but when you're getting concussed, I don't care if you're knocked out or you won the fight. You get mm. hit, you get a bit of a flash, you're getting concussed, and you're smashing your brain with alcohol. You're drinking alcohol. Yeah, yeah. This, I totally yeah. I totally resonate with that. And you know, I look at fitness like holistic health. It's like a foundation to keep you going. It's not yeah. something that you want to play games with. Um, you put up another post. I went through your Instagram and yeah. you know, 15 years ago you did like a thousand push-ups a day. Like, where did that come from? Cause like, is this something that you've always had just the will to like just do crazy, crazy things? Is well, as much as I don't know, as much as I was um a really patient kind of humble, quiet kid who never lost my cool. I had anger issues, man. Like, mm. if I lost my cool, I lost my cool. And the only people who ever saw that was my best mates and my parents Um, playing FIFA, you know what I mean? Like, FIFA <laughs> on PlayStation. You break a lot of controllers, didn't you? Bro, not controllers. I used to, like, I'd hit the door, like, hit the door or headbutt something. But then my dad, like, if I broke a door, my dad would obviously want to kill me, you know what I mean? So I got to a stage where I was like, I've got to hit things that can't break. Mm. So that's how I got my hard head and my hard knuckles. I used to punch things until like I couldn't punch it no more so my hand was like okay you're gonna break your hand now let's relax now I'd stop I'd head by brick walls I turned to my mate playing FIFA against me say crack me in the head I swear not even lying like punch me in the head mm. and they'd hit me harder and like they cracked me like hard boom boom and like I just all right and it made me feel good so got to when people weren't around I was like uh, I'd hit things but I thought what else can kind of get rid of my anger mm. and, I, and I turned to push-ups man so that's <laughs> the push-ups yeah so you utilize you kind of knew that because some people can take a really bad path you know they go on the streets they can go to do yeah. the drugs partying yeah. all that stuff you chose it to that's use right. it towards fitness right well, that's what I did I just um started with five push-ups ten push-ups and just kept going and like I do like two sets a day five sets a day 20 sets a day 17 sets a day I wouldn't count like but I I was doing, I used to play Counter-Strike on the on the computer. I was like, addicted to it. Um, I was, that was a great back, back in like 1.5 days. It was back in years ago. And um, I was, I'd like get, get a kill or whatever, or whatever, I'd get killed. I'd put my feet in the chair and I'd do 40 push-ups with my feet elevated. <laughs> and then the dumbbells by, if you ask any of my mates, I had a dumbbell on the right side, dumbbell on the left side, had the chair there. And I had my boxing bag hanging outside the door in the in the garage. Mm. And I did one uh, one set of dumbbells, other set of dumbbells, push-ups. I would do sets of 40, 50 on there. We'll go on the stairs and do sets of 50. And I would do it all day. Like wow. I'd, be at, I'd be at a party now. I'd be at a party. Everyone's getting smashed. I'll be drinking too, whatever. I was young, like, you know, I was like 16, whatever. And um, I'd go into the person's bathroom. I didn't care whose house it was. Mm. Go into their bathroom, leave the lights off and just do 50, 60 push-ups. Or pop the lights on, close the door, like I'm washing my hands or whatever. Do 60 push-ups, wash my hands. 
and just walk out like nothing happened. Yeah, that's okay, cool, man. Right, I was like addicted, man. Yeah, that's so cool. But but that you you probably use that into like something that actually is going to be good for you as opposed to you know using something that is bad. So that's freaking awesome. Yeah. Um, what we're gonna do, man? I'm gonna go through what I like to call the rapid fire question round. So I'm gonna get you to say one word or one line after mm -hmm. I ask you a question. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. So one word or one set short sentence. First thing that comes to your mind. Number one. What lesson you what lesson helped you most throughout your career? Losing. Losing. Yeah. Oh, I love I'd love for you to elaborate on that. Just losing. What what I learned from my losses. From losing. So like what have I learned most? There's a lot of things. Losing as in like, I lost, why did I lose? I go back to, I could have done that better. I overdid that. I did this. But also what it taught me was that who are my true fans? Who are my true friends? Who was who like, you know, and that's what it taught me. My supporters. After my Tim Zoo fight, before it, I had a hundred tags, more people watching it, groups of people. So let's go, John, my best mate, blah, blah. And what I learned after that fight, after losing, was who's my, who stuck by me and who's my true, my true friends. Mm. Wow, that's that's powerful. That's so powerful. Okay, number yeah. two. If you can create a law that everybody would follow, what would that be? A law. Oh, it's a hard one, man. Um, believe in uh, a law. A law. Okay. I don't know. What kind of law can you... You can get people talk about law of attraction, law of action, law of forgiveness, whatever it is. You can create anything you want. Uh, I, a law of believing in yourself, man. I don't know. Yeah, law of believing in yourself. Yeah. Yeah, a law. For everyone to believe in themselves. I want no. I want to elaborate on that because I can't really say it in like one word or one sentence. I want to elaborate on. Mm. I want people to know their self worth. Mm. And yeah, I, that was another question I want to ask you. How do you practice self worth? Because it's a daily thing, right? It is. It is, man. How do I practice self worth? It's is just. Man, it all comes from setting my goals, what I can do, where I can be. Just appreciating what you've got. Stop. People always look at what others have, how good others have it. You know, this person is pretty. This person's got a bloody good nose. This person, whatever, yeah. can punch hard. You know what I mean? Like, my self-worth is just, um, just, I've learned to love myself. And you know what? If I can give any piece of advice for people for how to find their self-worth is to spend more time with yourself. Mm. Spend, more, spend more time alone. I was caught up. Like, if I knew me as, I'll be here, I'll be there, I'll be there, I'll be there. You know, from the area, you probably know that I, I'm mates with everyone. I'd go, yeah. man, lunch, dinner, this, that, here, there, because I didn't spend time alone. Mm. So when I when I spent time alone, I was like, oh, this doesn't feel right. So by how to find yourself worth to spend time alone. Wow, that's so powerful in a world full of distractions and like our phone at our fingertips every day. Sometimes when we spend time with ourselves, we're in solitude and we get to feel what we actually feel and think what we actually need to think. And in lies that you could find your pretty much your own pathway if you do feel lost. I'll ask you a question. All right. What do people turn to when they're alone? What do people, wow. Like what's a, what's, what are some, name some habits, name some habits that people do when they're alone. Wow. They can, they can learn, they can go to drugs. They can go to alcohol. They can go to all the things that keep them away from the truth. So the thing is some people, they smoke. Some people do drugs. Some people go eating, just eating rubbish food. Mm. That's, that's, that's what they do. Where, what I, what I believe in is what you're going to learn is when you're alone, work on your, your growth, you're growing it as a person. So for example, I didn't have a fight coming. I thought to myself, what can I do? So for me, well, I'm going like just train like to spend time with Jeff Fenix, Kenny saying these guys growing, my, uh, growing as a person that's obviously with people. But then when I'm alone, 
like when I'm in my hotel room, man, I literally write it all down. Mm. If I work on this, I'm going to improve. So it's about setting certain goals and things you can do in your own time to help yourself grow as a person. And then you find yourself work. That's the gem, man. That's the one. All right. I love that. That was my favorite. All right. Um, when it, what is something that you know to be true that many people disagree with you on? Um, one thing I know to be true that people disagree on me on. Well, it depends on the person, man. I believe that Floyd Mayweather would destroy Kenel Alvarez 99 times out of 100. <laughs> I believe this is one thing. I believe that people talk about loyalty. I believe that you can learn something from every single person. Whereas some people say, if you try to learn from every single person, you're going to confuse yourself. Mm. Now, to me, I believe you can learn something of every single person. One, so Every single person has something good about them that's better than yourself. So you can learn off everyone. Where others kind of say with training, especially like in the personal training field, in the boxing field, like even like the barber, if you go to another barber and you're cheating your barbers, oh, you can't do that. I believe that you can go to different places for different things. And that's what I do. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's interesting. Okay. Uh, two more. So what is the biggest lesson you've learned in the last 12 months? Um, to be more selfish, man, I think. Um, the biggest lesson I've learned in the last 12 to 24 months, I'd say, mm. is that you are who you hang around. Oh, yeah. You are who you surround yourself with. I never believed it because my mates, no offense to my mates and that, mm -hmm. like they all went down their own paths and that, you know what I mean? I wasn't, they're all doing well now, mm. but I never, I never done what they done. Yeah. I, I always stayed away from it. But now as an, as an adult, the people you hang around, that's who you are, man. I'm telling you, as you get older, when you're younger, it's, it can be, but. When you're older, that's what I've learned. You got to surround yourself with greatness if you want to be great. Yeah. Your self, uh, your self worth is your network, right? So, 100%, man. 100%. And they say your net worth is your network as well. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> All right. Last one. Uh, who are your current inspirations? Like, who are you surrounding yourself with right now that just lifts you up and inspires you just to be better and do more? My team. Peter Maniatis, my manager. Frankie Pianto, Dundee Kim, Ferris Chevalier, who are my trainers, Paul Briggs, ex Paul Briggs, Hall of Famer, boxer, kickboxer. And um, I mean, I was just at Jeff Fennick's house. Man, mm. growing up, Jeff Fennick was my idol. So um, yeah, my whole team um, right now uh, pushed me forward, you know what I mean? Yeah, beautiful. Hey, Joel, thank you so much, man. It was an honor to be able to interview you. And I know this is not the, the last time I'll get you on the show because I know you love talking about these topics. And yeah. you, I, I know that someone out there who's listening to this podcast is going to feel so inspired just to get a very humble point of view of someone that kicks ass for a living. So that, that's freaking awesome. Thank you so much, man. That's right. One, one thing I want to finish off with is uh, just to believe in yourself and don't listen to what everyone says to you. Because if it wasn't for me believing in myself, um, then I'd be retired by now and I wouldn't be living the life I want to live. So it's always believe in yourself and keep testing the boundaries. Uh, you heard it from the best, Mr. Joel Camilleri. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me, man.